This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is hey, your name? Judy McDonald. How do you spell Judy McDonald? Your last name is... It's MC. MC. Just like the restaurant. Right. Okay, that'll be good for, for people who are uh, looking for you online. Right. Oh, I guess that's something I should ask right now. Uh, for, for folks who may, may uh, want to in, uh, interview you perhaps for their own podcasts or uh, just generally send you a message, how would they find you online? Uh, JudyMcDonald.ca for Canada. Ah, okay. Simple as that. Yeah, easy enough. All right. What is your primary role in the line dance community? Well, um, I've been teaching and judging and for years, mm. a long time, 1990-something or other probably, in the heyday of line dance when it started, mm. um, choreographing, and, um, and I have uh, two events now that um, I do with Tina Veliotis, and we have the Canadian Line Dance Classic, mm-hmm. which is in March, and that's a part of the, well, it's UCWDC event. We don't ever end up with competition there, but uh, it's a fun place. People come, and it's just outside Niagara Falls. And then we do Celebrate Dance in Toronto in June, mm. and uh, it's a bigger event, and lots of people. It's right near the airport, easy to get to. Hmm. Yeah, I, I've uh, heard a little bit about that one, mm-hmm. and definitely... Uh, got plans to head out to one of those at some point in the, the future. You guys have good lineups from what I've seen. We do. Um, we're not finished building the one for June yet, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the March one is, is all set. And it's just it's just about 15 minutes from Niagara Falls once you cross the border. So, But they're both in Canada, so you need a passport to come and mm-hmm. if you're from some other country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did you get started in line dance? What is it that brought you to the ballroom, so to speak? Well, my background's ballet, tap, and jazz, and I've taught that for years and years. And um, when line dancing, well, country music made the big boom again in the 90s. That's when it happened. And uh, my son happened to be a a DJ. In his teen years, he was a DJ. And he um, said there he was, uh, or actually he was at school and wanted to... uh, um, they needed a line dance instructor to come in and teach. Uh, they were going to do a fundraiser and country theme, and he was going to play the music. School council was going to bring all the decorations in, and all they needed was a line dance teacher. Mm. I'd had two lessons by then because I was at a conference and took some. You know, they just did that as part of the local uh, event, and <coughs> excuse me. And um, so I said, I can't teach line dance. I don't. He said, Yes, you can. Okay, I know two dances, I'll come and do those. So that's what I did, and from that I got a couple of gigs, and it just kind of blossomed from there. Then he got a job in a country bar DJing and you know, said that they should have line dancing and brought me in to do that. And So we, um, yeah, that was, that's how I kind of got started and started competing and, uh, with um, some choreography and just started traveling around and got invited to teach, so... Now, to learn a dance, you, you know, just watch what they do and, and you do the steps. How do you learn to teach? Well, it's, I guess, you know, you, you have to break things down so that people who, and there are two things, people who have never danced before, and then there are people who, you know, know some dancing or they've taken something in their life, in their lifetime, and 
Um, so in that case, you know, you're you're showing them the steps and doing things, uh, you know, just the pattern, right? And showing them the pattern. Um, for people who have not ever taken dance classes, then it's a little bit harder, and you have to give them some basics. And actually, I I do a class a class every. Um, every year at the Windy City event in Chicago, and it's called Basics for Beginners. And mm. I get a mix of beginner dancers in there, or you know, close to beginner dancers. They may have been dabbling in it for a little bit. And, um, and a mix of those and instructors as well who come in who are teaching beginners. So they come in to just listen to some things they may have to say. So, and the class changes depending on who's in the class too, because you get different levels of people in there, so. Yeah, so it's, it, I mean, you're really breaking things down and giving them basic steps and not making any assumptions that they know something already mm-hmm. helps. From from beginning to end of that class, what's, what sorts of things do you focus on? Things that we might not even think of. <clears throat> well, the intent, the reason I started doing that class is because they had people um, going into a beginner classroom, you know, quote unquote beginner mm-hmm. class. And if they didn't know anything and they've just come for the first time to an event and, or they've just started taking a local class somewhere and you know, they've had five lessons so far or one lesson so far and they thought, oh, I'll go out and you know, dabble in this for a whole weekend of four days. Um, <clears throat> you, have to, you can't make any assumptions about what they know. So you have to start from the beginning and, and the class, whoever's in the class dictates what I do that hour because Again, like I said, there uh, I start out talking about basic foot positions and and uh, you know just your body posture and you know what to do with your arms because they just kind of flail around for people or hang down by their side and um, you know take other people out when they do a turn that kind of thing. So I, I focus on those things just to get them started so that if they go into a beginner class right after me, at least they know what a kickball change is or they know what a you know. A, triple to the side which you know you quote unquote shuffle thing you know so many names for yeah. that so I mean I just I just try to give them some kind of foundation so just as an example if you're learning a vine mm-hmm. a vine is one thing to, to you and me but a vine is actually four, four steps it's, there's four things to do in a vine mm. so I teach them what those four things are and then when they you know hopefully as the weekend goes on it just becomes one thing and then initially they're remembering four things but when it's all come together for you in your head and it gels you're just it's a mind it's just one thing Mm -hmm. yeah like Lindy's can be that way where uh, if you're if you're doing the steps within it then it's each individual step whereas you clump them all together and then it's this other concept So I mean, and that's what makes it easier, mm-hmm. because if you've got a 32 count dance, for example, or, and there's 32 different steps, and probably more than that because you're syncopated. Mm-hmm. So if there's 32 different steps in that, um, you know, it might be a vine. Take up four of them, mm-hmm. so you don't have to remember. You only remember one thing for that vine, or a coaster step. You're just remembering one thing. So they need to learn those those core steps that we do, and then that will that helps cement it for them. I think. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about your relationship with UCWDC? <clears throat> I'm an event director, obviously, and we have that event. Um, I teach and judge on that circuit as well. I know very little about any of that world. It, it, does it differ at all? Um, well, in its heyday, again, back in the early 2000s probably, it was, um, 
you know, line dance. Everybody, people go and line dance in the UC circuit. Um, and again, way back then, line dancing was kind of seen as the, you know, the, the not the, well, it was that hokey country thing, <laughs> belt buckle thing. But it was also, um, you know, UCWDC was a more, it was a bigger couples event. And so the line dancers complained they got the little room and, you know, squished into that spot and then they go up and see the swing room was not even busy, but that's because they don't start until later at night, you know. So it got a bit of a bad rap um, at that time and people kind of floated away from it. They didn't like how things were going. You know, people who don't like their scores sometimes get upset and blame it on the organization and not necessarily what they did on the floor. Um, and, I, I, you know, there are just some things that caused a, a little bit of a um, discontent, I guess, with UCWDC. However, it's turning around and um, a lot of couples dancers are line dancing now. Some of the uh, competitors on the floor are actually couples dancers who are are trying to dance line dance and I think they've had they've garnered a new respect for it because dancing with a partner in a partnership is one thing you've got somebody to rely on you know and dancing by yourself that's it you're dancing by yourself and the couples a number of them have mentioned to me it's just been such a challenge for them to to just get used to that dancing on their own and it, it poses a bigger um you know, challenge for them, and, and so I guess I think they're they're getting a, a different respect for it. And it's also in San Francisco this year, World Championships. So we're hoping to bring some line dancers in there. I mean, it, it's we've got some good staff, and um, I don't know the, the the full lineup now, but um, it, it'll be a, a fun event, and we're hoping that a lot of people will come and and try it out and give it a give it a chance. Having been in the scene for a while, how have you seen it change? <clears throat> you've got music styles, you've got uh, choreographers from different countries. What are some things that uh, that you like that it is moving toward, and what would you like to see retained or brought back from, say, the early days? Um, I don't know how you can go back, to be honest. <laughs> Um, way back then there weren't a lot of people, well again it was new, so there weren't a lot of people choreographing, there weren't a lot of people teaching, you know, and, um, and they, everybody who was was coming from a different experience, different background. Um, and back then, while it was, you know, you, if you choreographed something and it, it would go and it would travel because there weren't a lot of dances traveling around. And so the teachers who were traveling on, a, on any kind of circuit, not that there was a circuit then, but the, the classes that they would go to would just keep, they'd pick something up and they'd go teach it in different spots. And, um, and then the ones who traveled overseas, and I did a fair bit of travel overseas back then, um, you know, you'd bring things over there that they hadn't seen, and when you were there you'd pick something up and you bring it back. <coughs> Excuse me. That's why a lot of these old dances that you'll find played late at night are, are classic dances because everybody was doing them, and it's it's hard now for for choreographers choreographers to get something out there with the internet, copper knob, all of those things have impacted on on what we're dancing now and how we're dancing. I mean, the music styles have changed, and you know the good old days of 
you know, country music, when a lot of people really got into it, um, they're fading a little bit, although country music has also changed since then too, so it's, it, you know, it's got a little bit more kick sometimes. And After Midnight, for example, I choreographed that in 19-something or other, <laughs> and, you know, that's a worldwide dance, but the, the country sound of that, it was, you know, it's got a little bit of a, a charge to it, and it's not the typical hokey kind of country that we, got, we had back then. And, when New Country came back, it came into being with Garth Brooks and you know all, that crowd of, of artists, it changed a lot, and I think a lot more people interested in it. And again, that's where that's where this all started. And now, uh, you know, we're dancing to everything. It's uh, there's no boundaries at all in in what we're doing, and it's fun. It's it's exciting, and you know, a lot of the music has more kick to it now than than the you know. Thumbs in the belt buckle or belt loops, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. What makes for interesting choreography that you see and want to do? Because I, I suppose it'd be easy enough to take a step, do it on the right, and then do it again on the left, and then do it forward, do it back, and maybe throw in a turn. What makes a dance catch your eye? I think a combination of the music and whatever's being done at that particular moment, that's what kind of hooks me in. It's, you know, you see, so, I mean, people, you like a song and you wonder what the song is and, you know, you, you haven't heard it or you've heard it and you've been listening to it and, you know, you haven't danced to it yet and then you see something. I mean, people will try something if they like the music uh, and, and sometimes they like the music and that's all they care about. The dance doesn't matter to them, you know, they're... they're they like that song and they're going to dance to it. Um, other times, it, you know, the choreography when it really gels with the with the song, it it's it's a big plus, and that that's the kind of stuff that'll move. Uh, and although it's it's changed a lot now, again because of the internet, and you know, there's eight million dances out to a single song now. It <laughs> seems sometimes, you know, obviously that's an exaggeration, but you know, there you go on Copernod and pick any song and and look it up, and you'll you'll see that there's a, you know, quite a variety. And there'll be a variety in the choreography, too. And some of it'll be, you know, a little easy baby dance, and some will be more complex. It depends on the, the person writing it. What character traits do you think give a person longevity in the line dance world? Because sometimes you'll see on a, a step sheet a name that you don't see anymore, but the dance is a big hit. And then there are other people who have been in this for decades and they're lifers. They're not going mm -hmm. anywhere. Well, I think, <clears throat> I think sometimes, um, sometimes the song drives that, I think, hmm. like the music, because you'll have, um, and, and again, it's changing too now because of the internet and, and the amount of travel people will do now to go to an event. Um, <clears throat> but I think, you know, looking back, I think if there was a song that was really really had a, it was good music and there was a dance to it and everybody started dancing it that's that's all they're going to do to it mm. but now there are you know you can play any song and probably get two or three different dances at least on the floor I mean that's why you know the ballrooms the dance space on the floor is so big you know you'll see pockets of people off to the side or in the corner or the back or somewhere doing something else and because they've learned something else to it they particularly like that one you know they, they want to dance it at the purely human level is there anything that you think gives 
the individual person, the uh, the persistence to stay in with all the travel, with the crazy hours, and the uncertainty of knowing whether not knowing whether your next dance is going to be a big hit. Cause, I mean, if if I were to look at somebody like Fred, I would say it's probably his good humor that gets him mm-hmm. through all of the hopping continents and. Joe, you know, her patience and her upbeat like optimism about things just based on her life experiences. And with Rachel, it seems like it's a combination of those with just pure work ethic. Like she just bears down and gets through whatever the, the difficult thing might be. Is there anything that you've seen in the people who have been around for a while and are not leaving that, um, that you think would be necessary for somebody to make it that far for that long? Well, I, you know, Joe and Rachel, I think Rachel fashioned herself after Joe to some degree, so um, she picked up a lot of that. But yeah, you're right, she has a, a fabulous work ethic and, and her determination and her love of dance is, there's just no question about it. And, you know, you hear a song and you're used to seeing Rachel dance around the floor with, you know, you kind of still see her when she's not there, you know. But um, uh, I think... Again, it's first of all, it's a matter of time and availability. If this is all you're doing, if if that's all that you do with your life is dance, and you want to teach line dancing, and you get hired, and from there, you know, somebody else sees you and wants to bring you in. The people like you, so they want you know they want you to come again. I think, and you've got the availability, and uh, and you enjoy travel because again, it's. it's it's tough when you're on a plane and you get stuck somewhere and you have to, you know, I mean, everybody's experienced it just in their personal life, traveling back and forth from someplace. But um, when you're on the road and you go away, I'm, the longest I did overseas was five weeks um, in Europe. And, you know, I mean, it's exciting because you're in a new, you, you know, it was a few new countries at that point, but you travel and, you, you know, you're seeing the world and it's exciting that you're doing it and you're doing something you love while you're seeing the world. That's that's a great opportunity and should never be discounted in any way and um, and appreciated, you know. So I think if you have, you're the kind of person who enjoys that and you have the opportunity to do it, I think you should do it. That's, you know, it's it, it's just a way to get around and, and see what else is going on in, in the world. And it's a little harder and probably a little more challenging right now because things are a little bit chaotic. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I think it's it's still an opportunity, and and some people will take those, and some people are, no, I just want to I want to stay home and be here, and for whatever reasons. I mean, everybody has their own personal reasons why they do things. So, as an event director, is there anything that you find sets your events apart from others? Because it seems like every event is subtly different. Like they've all got a ballroom, they all have instructors, and they've got vendors out front, but the feel is different from one to the next. Some feel like big international, you have no idea who the person is that's like a, a couple seats down from you. Mm-hmm. Some of them they feel like a family, like you're all at the community center but bigger. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the two events that we do mm-hmm. are exactly opposite ends of that. Mm-hmm. And and I was telling somebody earlier that uh, who said they're coming to the our event in March this year. And said, "Oh, it's just so much fun! It's a lot, it's a lot of fun, you know. Everybody's, you know, it's it's cozy. There's about a hundred people at this event, and 
you know, we would like more people to come because, again, the event directors are still paying bills, and you know, the people who fly in, and you have to pay the, the you know, the staff that you bring in. So we have expenses, and it's just funny because we would, you know, hand out. Um, um, evaluation forms and people would write comments like oh it's such a fun event it's such a homey little feel to it and we decided I don't think people are telling anybody else about it they have to call <laughs> anybody else to come because because they like it the way the size that it is and, and then the other one in June I mean it's a bigger event we get about 250 or so people there and it's it's just you know and we bring more more um, instructors in for that one and uh Again, more costly probably instructors in for that one. So, uh, yeah, and and it, it's right in Toronto. It's just near the airport, and it's a shuttle ride to the airport from the hotel. And there's a shuttle that goes from the hotel or from the airport down downtown Toronto. So people who, people come there because it's a it's something to see. You know, they haven't been to the city before, and from there they can still drive to Niagara Falls and and see the falls. But and, and to be honest, the, the St. Catharines event um, in March is, it, it's a 15-minute drive from the falls. So people do come, we get people coming, you know, some, every once in a while there's different people come in. And uh, they, yeah, they come because they want to see it, they haven't seen it, and it's a beautiful, beautiful scene. And especially in, in the winter, again, people are afraid of Canada in March, so they don't want to come. But it's, it's we've... Knock on wood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've never had a bad year when it was we were bombed in with snow. It just hasn't happened yet, so it's been nice. You mentioned that some instructors are more costly, and Megan and I have talked about how some people bring that something extra because there's so many instructors in the world. It's hard to choose who you have represent you at your event, but there are some people that you know will add to the event just being themselves mm -hmm. like Simon with his Simon Says and uh, general mingling and antics um, Jill with her Jill and John both with their personalities and just mm. pure fun what what are the sorts of traits that make a person a can't miss prospect for you uh, bringing to your event well, um, Jill and John both come to our events, actually. So <laughs> good choices. Yeah, um, it's it's hard because sometimes, um, I mean, it, you know, they're they're not really people that you don't like in the line dance community. That's it's just the way it is. But when you bring people in, they ha I think they kind of have to be people that your your customers are interested in having. Mm -hmm. So we do get feedback when we do our event. We ask if you know who you'd like to see next year, and we do get some suggestions. So just just generally talking to people, they ask us, oh, you know, they went somewhere and they saw somebody, and you know, they'd like to bring them in. the The problem for the dancers is they don't realize the expense. I mean, sometimes it's not even the fee; it's the airfare to get them here. You know, it's 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 pretty pricey these days. So. Sometimes, um, you know, if we have and we know that somebody will go over really well with the particular crowd that we have, then, you know, we, we would bring them in. And I'm, I'm sure all event directors do the same thing. They, they know their people. They know who comes on a regular basis to their events. They're the ones that will talk to you, just come up and say, you know, have you considered doing this or 
sometimes too they come up because they like a dance right now and they want that person to come because they like that dance and you know well it's it's not possible sometimes I mean Darren and I have been going back and forth for a couple of years trying to find a time that we can get them here you know so it's it's just and it's funny because all of these guys I judged them when they were kids and it's just funny to see how how the the picture has changed you know and so for those of us who've been around for a long time or a long time a while uh, you know to see these guys grow up and become fabulous dancers and instructors and role models it's 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 quite exciting is there anything that we as attendees can do to make your life as the director easier and as people who may want to have their own events at some point in the future uh, is there anything that would make those people's potential lives easier any any shortcuts or time savers or just stress busters that uh, that you've discovered in your experiences with running events think twice <laughs> and then again it's just you know it's a big responsibility because you have I mean you have to look for a hotel you have to strike up a deal with the hotel sometimes you get a good deal with a hotel sometimes you don't um, sometimes they there's some give-and-take but it depends on your numbers as well and um, you know and then the other thing is when there are a lot of events um, and they're close in the close proximity to to somewhere else it does cause uh, you know some a, a drop in numbers for one of them is going to lose something you know because it, the, the gain will go some, to a new event right so that's it's a hard call to I mean I think you really need to look at that if you're going to do something it's the, the time and the distance makes makes an impact uh, and yes you'll draw people that the other event doesn't get because there are people who don't want to travel from home so you know if they're within this little hour of driving distance or whatever then they may think yeah oh, I'll just go to this one but they also may go I'm gonna go to this one instead and it was when you add that word instead on that it cuts into somebody else right and it's it's just it's a bit challenging sometimes to uh, you know even if I, and, and I mean what well, the problem that we have it's the border because people don't want to cross the border to come to Canada or they don't want to have to get a passport to come to Canada or they you know there's all kinds of reasons why they don't want to do that they think it's there's something different going on <laughs> I don't know it's just there's you know they, they there's a border to cross they they don't want to do it so and in Europe it's not that big a deal you know they, they mm -hmm. travel and again the time and the the distance is you know it's negligible over there they can get anywhere an hour or two there's some other country so here it's a little bit different and we have you know, like I said you have to have a passport and people are not they're a little more stringent crossing the border now but it, I mean if you're clear you're clear so you don't need to worry about that right so maybe as attendees one thing we can do is keep open minds and uh, and consider the the events that might have the tiny obstacle of something yeah. like a passport yeah hmm. yeah I mean it, you know it's always nice to try something else out you know and again, it's a cost factor too for people, right? And then the, then you've got the whole, you know, the group of working people who are still, you know, have a day job that they have to go to, and they can only they only get limited time, and and uh, you know they go, they pick where where they want to go and spend that precious, uh, valuable personal time that they get. Mm -hmm. Is there anything if you could just have sort of a hypothetical billboard that everyone in Lion Dance can see? If there, if there was a message that you wanted to impart 
uh, maybe something that you would ask of all of the people who are listening or something that you would like them to think about doing or, or uh, just considering. Uh, what is something that you would like to put out there just into the minds of the millions and millions of line dancers out there? I think everybody should go into it um, if you're just starting line dancing or whether you've been dancing for a while. You're, you're dancing because you love it. You're dancing because it's fun. You're dancing because it releases all kinds of, of good things. You, you know, you, you just, it's a happy thing that you're doing. And I think it should stay like that. It's had its, had its nasty turns every once in a while. And I, I just think it's, it's not about being nasty. You have to, you know, I, you know, th there's grumblings that go on all the time, but it, it's, you know, in the bigger picture, it should all be just about fun. That's what we're doing this for. If we don't like it, we're not having fun, right? So, um, and, and, you know, if people are going to travel and go to workshops, they should, you know, pick them and go to them because you like the, the location or go because you like the staff, go because you like the event directors, go, be, you know, for whatever your reason is. And, and uh, I, I mean, the, the places that, I travel or places that I go just because they're fun and they're friends that I've made along the way and uh, you know that, that's what you do you go out and support them they support you and you support them one final question what dance would you recommend everyone go learn right now hmm new dance or old dance off Either. <laughs> one of yours, one of somebody else's. Uh, well, cool, cool Whip's pretty popular. It was on the floor last night and, you know, people are doing it. But, uh, but um, let me think. Wonderland Waltz. I love Wonderland Waltz. That's one of my favorite all-time dances. So that, that's, that's my favorite. Oh, as you can see, I'm telling you that now. And if people don't know it, they'll go to it. And that's just make the floor fuller. Mm -hmm. <laughs> last night they had all kinds of room and they could sweep I out know. and do these... Big movements, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's nice space. when those things come on later at night and you mm. get some room on the floor. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there are just there's so many of them. You know, strip it down. I love that too. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of nice dances out. Right. Well, thank you very much for sitting down thank and you. chatting line dance with me. Thanks. It was I hope, fun. Hope to see you at an, an event in the future. Will do.